Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. There's a famous employer's dilemma which asks, what if we train and invest in our staff and then they leave? Surely a more important question would be, what if we don't and then they stay? Hello, my name is Hannah Murphy and I chair the Health Visitors Network at NHS Employers. I'm here today to discuss the importance of offering staff career development opportunities and the benefits of doing so with the trust which really has done this. At NHS Employers, we work with trusts to help them to develop their organisations and to value their people and also to influence policy. We use HR and workforce expertise to drive improvements in staff experience and therefore the experience that patients and service users have. Our engagement with employers enables us to understand what they need from us so that we can develop resources to help them. But it also gives us insight into lots of great work that's going on across the NHS. And that's why we're here today. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by three colleagues from Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Trust. Beulah, Becky and Emma, would you like to introduce yourselves? I'm Beulah Lewis, I'm Children's Services Manager. I'm responsible for a number of services, but today I've got my health visiting hat on. I'm Emma Edwards, I'm a newly qualified health visitor. Congratulations. And I'm Becky Grace, I'm also a newly qualified health visitor. Well done, Becky. It might be helpful just to quickly set the context for our listeners, although I think probably most of them will know this inside out. But the government's health visitor implementation plan set out a target for the NHS to grow the health visitor workforce by 4,200 people between 2011 and 2015. So this gave each service provider targets not only in terms of skills and service development, but interesting recruitment and retention challenges. But Beulah, your journey started before 2011, didn't it? Could you tell us a bit about that? Sure, Hannah. Um, In 2009, we found ourselves in a very dark place where we were running at a um, 50% vacancy rate, which happened quite rapidly, which was um, quite dangerous um, and very unsafe. So we had to put measures in place, obviously, to ensure we could continue to deliver the priorities within the service. But... um, We were also struggling to recruit health visitors at that time because there wasn't enough, hence the um, call to action in 2011. So we had to be creative and innovative and think about what we were going to do. And that was against a backdrop of lots of changes taking place. So we'd moved from a a GP attached model to corporate working. There was integration going on as well between community services and the acute um, hospital in Lewisham. Um, and staff were very uncertain about their future and what was going to happen. We'd also got a productivity programme going on, which was a time and motion study to look at the workload of everybody and to identify how long it was going to take everyone to do their work to try and make it more equitable. So we've got lots of challenges going on at the time, um, which was um, very difficult um, for the staff who were still working with us. We had to work really closely with our local commissioners and GP colleagues to implement some reduction in that service um, to ensure it stayed safe for the staff and uh, safe for the uh, families that we were working with as well. So on that bit of the journey, it was very rough, not easy at all. And um, then we looked at, well, what can we do? We've got to act quickly. 
So we looked at um, team leader role, which was a new role, management role, on a day-to-day -day basis, which would provide operational management in each team um, and also leadership within each team. Because with corporate working that we'd got, whilst it was really good for highlighting good clinical practice and promoting that peer support, the downside of it was that actually nobody was stepping up to the plate to take the lead in the team because it was a corporate team. So that was one of the biggest challenges. So we developed the new team leader management role. Um, and that was in 2010 and we were lucky to recruit all of the 12 team leader roles that we'd got at that time and we recruited some really good staff into those posts. Um, and we were slightly ahead of uh, the game with our um, neighbouring um, trusts, so which really helped because since then a lot of them have developed specific roles as well um, and we were able to get that um, new model of working um, on, on uh, up and running which was really beneficial to us and has developed and evolved over the last few years. And you also increased the number of student opportunities didn't you? We did, yeah. At the same time I developed a business case to get a specialist clinical practice educator because we would already started to increase the number of students before call to action um, and I knew that we were going to have to increase significantly more to reach the numbers that we had been given for, for Lewisham. So I um, recruited uh, Carol into that post who has been absolutely first class in managing the Helpers to Student programme, providing training opportunities for the staff as well in-house and just being a real good egg in terms of her intelligent ability because she was a lecturer previously and also a really sound clinician. So she's really taken the student training programme forward in a fantastic way and we're reaping the benefits of that now because we've got some excellent staff that have joined us who have been really well trained and um, from our practice teachers that we've got in post as well because we had to increase that number as well so a lot of staff who are health visitors have had that opportunity which is brilliant so we've got really good practice teachers who are turning out really good students Fantastic. And you, Becky and Emma, are two students that have benefited from this, these initiatives. Um, congratulations on your recent qualifications. Thank you. <laughs> what makes Lewisham a good place to work, Emma? Um, definitely, I would say um, I've enjoyed working in pollution um, because we have a strong sort of family type ethic. So within our teams, um, they promote um, just a togetherness. Um, we're able to discuss issues with cases um, and not feel, um, how can I say, threatened that we're asking inappropriate questions. We're getting there's a, a correct amount of support given as a student and now as a newly qualified. Very important because that's the mm -hmm. time to get it right, isn't it, before Definitely. you go out and practice on your own. Thanks, Emma. And for you, Becky, what, why Lewisham? What makes it a good place to work? Um, well, I was previously a staff nurse in the health visiting team before I started my training. Um, and from that, I saw the support that was available through Lewisham. Um, they offer excellent educational opportunities um, and lots of different types of training, such as um, domestic violence, motivational interviewing, meal pond training, which is a form of sleep training. Um, and they're always promoting um, the health visitor 
uh, training. Um, so that's the reason why I, I stayed with Lewisham. One, because they treated me so well when I was a staff nurse and I got a, a lot of support um, from all my colleagues and from uh, people higher up um, and also throughout my training as well. Really important because you're working on your own a lot, aren't you? And that peer yeah, support definitely. element will be, be really helpful to you as you progress in your career. Yeah. What about aspirations? What opportunities have you got here and, and what are your career aspirations? I'll start with you again, Becky. Um, there's lots of things that we can do. Um, obviously the two main ones would obviously be a team leader or to go on um, and be a practice teacher. Um, so I'd probably like to do uh, practice teacher and you know train some, some newly uh, qualified health visitors and things like that. Um, and then eventually um, our role is quite a lot of safeguarding um, so I would like to go on and specialise maybe in a more specialised role in safeguarding, maybe a safeguarding liaison or something like that. Brilliant, I look forward to hearing how that goes, I'll come back in a couple of years and talk to you. Yeah. And you Emma, what about your career aspirations and the opportunities you have? Um, definitely, um, I'm following along with um, obviously with the Trust's ethics of ensuring that we have quite robust training um, and I think that I'm just going to go along and just continue with the training and see what specialists might jump out at me. Um, particularly I'm interested in um, domestic abuse and also I've had my eye um, maybe looking into the FNP programme also. So, Which is? Um, the Family Nurse Partnership. <laughs> that's excellent and to think that those opportunities weren't there really no, that's a few years ago so no that's right I think in 2009 there was only two routes really there was either you could be a practice teacher or you could go into a management sort of role but a sort of senior manager role there wasn't the sort of team manager opportunity in between so from that point onwards it's been we've been able to look at um, what sort of career pathways there are so as Becky said there's teaching and safeguarding advisor role which we hadn't got then because we also changed the safeguarding function and and how we manage safeguarding across the different services and as Emma's mentioned we've got the Feminist Partnership Programme as well um, there's also um, different things that we're looking at now as well in terms of more specific specialist roles I think um, whether it's around domestic abuse whether it's around maternal mental health which all the health visitors deliver but it's about how we take that forward and create something um, specific to support mm -hmm. staff because we've always been very lucky here in Lewisham to have lots of training opportunities and and that's the ethos and the drive really because I want the staff to feel safe and competent and competent in what they're delivering and the only way to do that is to make sure that we've got really robust training opportunities both from an organisational perspective but also bespoke training. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important that we've had the opportunities to do that mm -hmm. to provide the motivational interviewing, um, Southampton sleep training, um, attachment training and legal training as well with the company so that's preparing staff to go to court to write court reports um, so it's it's looking at the whole model then of um, skilling everybody up because you do your health visitor training and you think oh crikey I've done that fantastic 
but that's when you start then learning and really building up your confidence and competence because you're being exposed to lots of different things and, and that's how you build your knowledge base. But along with that, you need the theoretical bit of it as well. And how do you translate all of this academic theory that, we, that you get into the practical day-to-day -day approach that you need when you're dealing with very complex families? So the training is absolutely critical. Mm and I'm hoping that we'll be able to continue that and look five years ahead. Brilliant. And just taking a step back, I know I've talked to you before about the way that you develop this, all of these initiatives, and I know that you have a very inclusive and engaging leadership style, which I think you're quite humble about, but I think it's very important that you included members of your team in this and then talk to them a lot about where they wanted to go and what they wanted out of it. Yeah, I think one of the things we did in 2009 was with the productivity programme, it highlighted that the staff were spending 23% of their time doing uh, non-clinical uh, work, which was a huge amount of time when they all said very loudly that they wanted to be delivering clinical services. So I did a, I led on a big consultation and um, went to the staff and said, right, this is what the programmes revealed um, and we can get more administrators, but we would have to relinquish to clinical posts to enable us to do that because we, have got, we haven't got any extra funding and wholeheartedly the staff voted yes that is what we want to do so we were able to recruit six additional administrators which made and have made a considerable difference that the staff are able to spend more time doing the clinical work that they want to do and enjoy doing without getting bogged down with the administration tasks that they were finding themselves having to do previously. Um, so that was one of the things that we looked at and you have to consider things outside the box sometimes to see what needs to happen. Yeah. And I think asking those questions is so important and there's a lot of research to show that the more engaged staff feel, the better patient outcomes are and the better experience staff have, the better experience their service users and patients will have. So I think it's so important and well done to you for doing that. Um, top tips for other trusts thinking about developing career pathways and other opportunities for their staff, what would they be? I think it's about including staff yeah. and I did set up a, a workforce working group on the back of the work that we did from 2009 so we, we, we met quite frequently. I think also thinking about work-life balance and giving those opportunities to staff because staff want to do a good job um, and they want to deliver a good service but the only way they can do that is to have a really good toolbox of skills but I think the biggest thing for me at the moment, which we've been running as a pilot, is the condensed working hours. So for all full-time staff, clinic, clinical and non-clinical, um, who work full-time or four days, we've, uh, we've been running a pilot of condensed hours, um, which is going down very, very well. And it's really attracting staff to come and work here for us as well. So I'm sorry to my other London colleagues neighbouring us um, because a number of staff have joined us from our, our neighbours. But it's because they can work those longer days and um, have a better work-life balance 
And one of the risks then, I suppose, was about wondering, is the activity, are we not going to be able to do as many new births and see as many families? But because staff really want this to work well, that actually that's not been a problem. I've got much happier staff um, and we're delivering a really good service and commissioners like what we're doing. So I think we're on the right track. We're going to do an evaluation in November to see whether we do continue it because as I say it's a pilot I'm hoping we can do but I need to take the learning from it and see whether we need to fine-tune it or not but um, I'm, I'm glad that um, I took that risk really um, to do it. It sounds like a great move in terms of flexibility for your staff and I know Becky's benefited from it haven't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah, work in condensed hours. Yes, definitely. And, and it's working well. Yeah, they offer it um, when you do your interviews. So you have the option to do Monday to Friday or to do the condensed hours from when you first start. So it's brilliant. Yeah. And I think because you've got a strong team ethic, then the, the staff work together to make sure that that works for their service users. Yeah. Yeah. And just because you've got your allocated day off doesn't mean, you know, if you if you have a Monday off, you need a Wednesday. Um, you know, the team, we work as, you know, together. Um, so we do swap our allocated days off and things like that as well, if it suits us and, and, and the diary and things like that. So yeah, it's good. Emma, final word, uh, for those thinking about going into health visiting, what would you say? I know you were a midwife before, weren't you? Um, yes, I've d dabbled into just doing the training for the midwifery. Um, um, I would definitely say that um, I've enjoyed doing my health visiting training um, and I think it's a, a great profession to step into. Um, it's definitely fulfilling and as Beula said, when you're working with complex families, um, you you you're, you're 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 using all of your transferable skills that you've had before as a, a, a clinician and um, bringing it into something that can be really useful in changing lives. Brilliant, and I'm sure you're doing that. Bula, do you want a final word? I'm just privileged, I think, to lead um, a service that's got some really good staff. They're all really enthusiastic, really committed to delivering a fantastic service. Um, and I just hope that we can continue in the vein that we've started to go from strength to strength, really. Really brilliant. And I'm sure they're privileged to have you. Um, it's been really wonderful to chat. Good luck with everything. Thank um, you. you. You're really such dedicated people who demonstrate that we as employers if we invest in our staff and, and we want our service users to be treated with compassion and respect then we should do so, you know, treat our staff as such. So exactly. and you're really demonstrating that. So thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you very and much. good luck with it all. Thanks very much.